Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, we're going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to go back in time to 2003, because today we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of... I can't say not one of the greatest shows ever, because I've seen a lot of great shows in my time. You know, Friends, Entourage, Seinfeld, The Sopranos, uh, more recently Barry and The Bear... But definitely one of the shows that was very impactful on my personal life and I think uh, very important in impacting pop culture as a whole. And I'll talk about that more towards the latter end of the episode. I'll make my point clear on that. But the show I'm talking about that we're going to be discussing today is The O.C., Yes, celebrating 20 years. I cannot believe it. It is a show that I still look up to a lot uh, 20 years later. It is a show that has opened my eyes to a lot of different things, especially the music world. And I'll talk about that more in depth later on. But this show, is it always pops up in a time in my life whenever I'm like struggling or kind of feeling like unmotivated and want to know what's next and what how I put my next foot forward this show all of a sudden just always pops up at the right moment and how fitting for the 20th anniversary it's coming at a crucial point in my life so I'm glad to be talking about it today uh, I'm going to be discussing you know favorite episodes uh, the whole arc of the show it, it lasted about four seasons it peaked really quickly and then spiraled uh, completely out of control and I'll talk about all that as well but yeah, this show, uh, is, it's in a very important piece, uh, of just my personality, my likes, uh, a lot of the, the way I am today is because of this show and can't wait to discuss that with all of y'all. So without further ado, let's dive in back into the world of Newport and get into the world of the OC. California, here we come. Right back where we started from California Alright, here we go. So, as I stated earlier, the OC premiered on August 5th, 2003 as part of the late summer slate of uh, Fox. And, you know, TV has changed a lot in the landscape over the years. It's completely different now than from what it was back then. So, for you youngins listening to this, uh, there never really used to be shows in the middle of summer. Now, television's like an all-year-long thing, right? There's streaming shows and even shows on network television that pop on on different parts of the season it doesn't have to just be you know fall in the winter it used to be like television shows would run from fall all the way to like early spring and then summer would just be you know reruns and you know sometimes reality shows game shows all these different things but all the scripted television shows the sitcoms and all that stuff usually all that stuff ran in the fall um so in the summer so again a little bit of backstory i was going to be a junior in high school like that was the year I was you know entering to be a junior and it came out in the summer and my introduction to the show came from my best friend 
And, you know, I usually don't give him credit on a lot of things, and he he probably wouldn't even believe that I would give him the credit, but he's really introduced me to a lot of stuff that has, you know, become a lot of my favorites, you know. Just more recently, he he's the first one that told me about getting into the bear. Like, he told me, like, and, and he he's not one that, you know, will recommend something and, you know, just... You know, like, whatever. A lot of people, like, recommend stuff all the time. Like, oh, you gotta watch this, you gotta watch this. And there's really no oomph behind it. But when he recommends something to me, um, I know that I need to pay attention because he doesn't put his finger on everything. But when he does, he, he gets it right on the mark. So I remember he told me about this show called The O.C. And, you know, I've always liked my, you know, teen dramas. Uh, I was very much at the tail end of Beverly Hills 90210. You know, I've seen the reruns. I don't think I've seen the whole series as a whole, but I remember watching, like, the latter episodes up until when it ended. Uh, there was Dawson's Creek also on the WB with James Vanderbeek and Joshua Jackson, Katie Holmes. Um, that one I also didn't really get into, but I would watch those episodes, and I did like, you know, being a teen myself, I was highly invested in things like that, but I had, hadn't heard of the OC and when he introduced me, like, the first couple of episodes, I think he had recorded them on VHS, and, you know, I'd hang out a lot at his house, and he told me about it, and we watched a couple of episodes, and right away I was hooked, and it wasn't a show that was, like, you know, we didn't know if it was going to have, like, a full season or whatever, so I think it was just supposed to be, like, a summer thing, so... uh if you go back and watch the OC season one, there's 27 episodes in the entire run of that first season, and for television, that's like, what, what? Like for a drama, like a teen drama, like 27 episodes. Now, most TV episodes nowadays, seasons are short. They're like, they run from like eight to 12 episodes. Or if it's super special now, it's just like three or four. Like John Wick's doing a television series and it's only going to be like three episodes. It's a special event series. So like I said, TV has changed a lot from where it is now to what it was. So even back then, 27 episodes was just like mind blowing. Like the regular would be like 2022, uh, but for dramas, right? So like sitcoms, I could see them going in the 25, 26 range. But for a, a TV drama, a teen show, 27 episodes, it's just incredible. But that, I think that's because like the first like seven episodes uh, of of the OC like really play like a little mini series and a test run for what was uh, if this was going to be a thing for Fox. And this thing just exploded, man. Like, and, and I remember buying the season one DVD box and on the back of the of the the box you know they have the the credits and all that stuff and all the critic reviews and the the big one that i always remember is that like the oc exploded into a pop culture phenomenon and it's exactly what it was man it was like the talk of hollywood and um it was just a such a different teen show so i was hooked from when my friend introduced me like right from the start so uh, kudos to him and thank you for introducing that world to me because it's a show that i still like very much admire and while in the landscape of everything that has come before and in retrospect and hindsight it's obviously not the best but certainly one that i still like keep close to the chest um so those first seven episodes run right and, and the story is like very it's very basic right it's a it's a fish out of water story it's about this outsider named ryan atwood played by ben mckenzie and he gets into some trouble in Chino. This all takes place in California, right? And we all know California and, you know, the, the beach lifestyle. So whatever, you know, we, we've seen that world before. So this was, this story was being told through the eyes of this outsider, this kind of like, 
kid with a broken home, broken family, and, you know, gets in, he's a good kid at heart, but he gets into, like, trouble, and, again, we've seen this story before, and we've seen it played out so many times since, uh, but I think the OC did it in such a very interesting way, so, he gets taken to jail after an incident uh, with his brother, and he comes into contact with this, this lawyer, this public defender played by, um, oh my gosh, Peter Gallagher, uh, and he plays Sandy Cohen, and right away he connects on some level with this kid because he sees a little bit of himself uh, from his younger days. So he decides to do the right thing. You know, he tries to take him home after his incident. It turns out his family is banished and left him behind. So he brings him back home. But the twist is, is that this public defender is actually married to one of the wealthiest, uh, you know, women in all of California. Her dad runs like this big real estate business empire and they live in the very rich and lucrative part of uh, california orange county and this is the first time we're introduced into this world and really into like the backstage like underground like lives of these rich people but what what really resonated and what people probably connected to was this outsider character of ryan atwood getting into this world and then getting into like the lives and and drama of all of these characters so it's mainly about that and how he comes into contact with the you know that public defender's son seth cohen played by adam brody and he gets into the world of like the friends and the high school kids and like the rich brats and all that stuff it was just very very well put together um you know the show is very iconic in terms of being self-aware, which was, this was probably one of the first and very innovative things that like a teen drama did. It was, it was self-aware that it was a, a teen soap. And the character of Seth Cohen would always poke fun at stuff that would happen on the show within the show, right? Like he, he would recognize stuff that had happened, stuff that was going to happen. And it, even something that was like stupid that would happen in the show, he would point that out, like in later episodes and stuff like that. So, Again, just very different in terms of how we had seen teen dramas presented before. Like, it was very smart. So even if you wanted to make fun of it, you, you really couldn't because it was already making fun of itself. But in the sharp and very witty kind of way. Um, so it goes through this seven episode, I think it's like seven episodes. Um, and it's incredible. It ends on a cliffhanger and the show gets picked up for a full season. And I think it picks up back in like late August, September or something like that. Maybe late September. And it does like its initial run and it's getting like popular and popular by the week. All these different stories of, of Ryan just bonding over with Seth and then the world of Orange County and getting involved with characters like Marissa and Summer and then all these just different like it was like a episode of the week. There wasn't really like an arc other than like the Ryan character getting into it with Marissa and them having that will they won't they get together kind of like this Romeo and Juliet type romance very teen very cheesy stuff um so it goes through like this whole first run I think like of 10 15 up to maybe yeah 15 episodes and then it gets extended even more so then they finally put like a real storyline arc to it up until it's uh season one finale which aired in May of 2004 um but one of the things that really hooked me to the OC and one of the things that still stays with me today and what I'm really invested in is the music. Now, the OC didn't invent putting music into shows or movies or whatever. But what the OC did bring was a different kind of music genre. So now we're, we were used to hearing like, you know, mainstream bands on TV shows and movies. But then you come to like, 
a point where a band like Death Cab for Cutie or South or The Perishers or Modest Mouse, you know, bands like that that we hadn't heard of, but the music was just so resonant and so different that I was just like, what, what is this music, man? It's just like, it's, it's correlating with the story. Like it, I had never seen a show do that before. And again, I was still very young when I was getting introduced to this show. So had it been done before, I'm sure, but not in this way where the music was also telling the narrative. And I found that to be very, very amusing to me and very interesting and also got me into writing like my own stuff. And whenever I would, I would envision like, oh, this song would be playing and to visually tell the story as well as, as the song is playing. So um, that is what resonated and what I think is the most important thing about the OC. And still to this day, it introduced me to a whole slew of bands that I never thought I would hear of or listen to in my life. Because as a teen and I really didn't know what my identity was, as probably most of us teenagers are. We're just trying to find our way in the world and what our personality is going to be. Like, what are our music choices? What are, what are our movie likes? You know, what are, what, you know, ideas and, you know, whatever things we're into. Like, we're, we're discovering all that in high school. But the music of the OC, like that genre spoke to me so much on such a just high level that I would go. And this was before Spotify and before, you know, internet becoming very big so you had to really like pay attention to the songs that were playing on the show and then either try to go find a cd in the store and you know a lot of these bands were very unknown so it's not like you could just ask for it um and again i'm i was a kid living in laredo texas so we didn't really have like the exposure like like a california or a new york new york does to like those kind of you know, music stores with those kind of bands, with those CDs, you know, we kind of just had to make do with what we had. And um, so, the, again, the music was just very important and what made this show very, very important to me. So the OC season one is just so wild and so all over the place. And it's it's everything you want, right, in, in a television show where it just grips you week after week. And it's just, you know, episodic, super episodic because it was just... So many different uh, things going on in every episode. And it wasn't until season two came along where things slowed down and you got really more into the characters and more into like longer developing storylines. But season one is highly recommended as a rewatch. Um, if you've never seen it, it's available on Max. You can watch it on there. I own the, the box set. So I remember buying the individual DVD sets when they were originally released. And then once the series was over, they put out a giant box set. And of course I had to invest my money in that. And I still own it to today. It's a very awesome, like blue ocean, like rectangular set. And it's like a, it's like a big giant book and all the discs are in there. And there's all this cool little fun facts about the show and everything. So, but I highly recommend if, if you come out of this today, not I'm not going to say you have to rewatch the whole show because it really does fall apart uh, after season two, but the first season is just so gripping. And maybe by the time you're done watching season one, you're just going to want to finish it anyway because you get so invested in the characters and, and and not just like the the teenagers on the show, but the adults in the show too are incredible. Like I always wanted to be the Ryan Atwood character. Like I molded my personality after that. And you can talk to anybody that I went to high school with, you know, I got the wrist cuffs that he wore. Um, I got the one strap backpack that he used to wear. Um, I fucking straightened my hair. You know, I grew it long. I was never, 
I never grew my hair long, like, ever. But when I saw season two of The O.C., I was like, holy shit, look at Ryan Atwood's hair. I want to have that hair, you know? Like, when we talk about people becoming personalities with either a, attaching themselves to a, a TV show or a movie, like, I, I, that my identity was The O.C. And ask anybody. I'm not you know, being over-exaggerated, like, they'll tell you, like, and they'll probably laugh, too, like, I was ridiculous with how obsessed I became with this show, um, so yeah, season one, incredible rewatched, it, again, it's just a basic fish-out-of-water story, but again, what made it awesome was the, the self-awareness of it, the incredible music throughout the, the whole series, that, that I will give to the OC, while the narrative did kind of peak after season two and went downhill, the music, continuously got better as the show went on and like i said every week you know i'll go on apple music and i mean i use spotify but i'll go on apple music and i'll i'll look at the new releases every week and i'm not just going for the stuff that i know i'm like i want anything that's associated with alternative indie rock indie pop i will listen to any new band that i can or discover because i always want to i always want new in my music world i want you know i like to go back and listen to stuff on repeat but Every week, you know, my playlist will, will have, I have a section dedicated to just new music and every week I, I have little snippets from every different kinds of bands and artists and, um, yeah, that's, and again, that's, that's my personality music wise. People ask me, what's your favorite kind of music? And I say, well, I listen to everything, you know, I, I listen to movie scores. I, I listen to what's pop and what's popular in the, in the mainstream. Very, very like brief. But most of my time is dedicated to music in the alternative, indie rock, indie pop, anything in that culture, in that genre, I'm highly invested in. And and I'm always taking recommendations for unknown bands and stuff because I, I, I just love that music to a core. It just speaks more narrative narratively. And again, if you go back and watch a lot of these episodes, there's moments in the show where they don't need to have dialogue and the song playing is just resonating with these characters are feeling and going through and again that was just such a just mind-boggling choice that i had never just seen done before especially on a teen drama show which this could have been just very cut and dry and very basic and, and there's points in the show where it becomes basic and very predictable but sometimes predictable predictable is good as long as it's presented well and the oc was very well very good at presenting this stuff well and that's that's season one in a nutshell it's just wild and all over the place and um favorite episodes i guess you know there's the episode where ryan and seth go to las vegas with sandy and you know they they have they get into hijinks there there's um the the episode where ryan and the you know the rivalry that he has with his nemesis on the show his name was luke and you know one of my favorite tropes in either movies or shows is when you know enemies team up to like battle like a a higher you know even bigger enemy or bigger cause so that's another, a really good episode there i think oh, what's it called i think it's called like the secret or something like that and just a really good episode there and you know you get to know more about characters and again this show i think really exposed a lot of what ends up happening pop culture wise later down which i think came for the worse in, in my opinion but i'll talk about that later um but yeah, we had just never seen like the drama behind of like a rich family, which, you know, the assumption is rich people like don't have it like bad or don't go through stuff. But, and I'm sure that that stuff has been told like throughout time. But again, on a teen show, we had never really seen it through, through this lens. 
and the, the the adults were very much a part of the of the storylines just as much as the teens were so it was very much a family dynamic which is another thing why i think the show resonated with a lot of people early on is it really is a family show so that that's just a lot of good things about it uh favorite songs from season one i could tell you like there's the classic cover of if you leave by the band not a surf like the song's very mainstream but with the added voice of, of an independent singer um and it's played during uh like a in a farewell scene uh where a girl's leaving from the airport and the guy's trying to chase her down and it's just very classic stuff and then there's you know the countdown to new year's eve and ryan trying to get to marissa and the song dice is playing and it's just so it's romantic it's it's slick it's it's just all these different emotions and once it's just so hip and that's those that was one of the things about the oc it was cool and i was i never considered myself to be cool in high school or anything like that i wasn't popular i wasn't you know i really don't i really don't know what i would consider myself in high school i hung out with everybody but one thing i wasn't i wasn't cool but the oc i could live through those characters and feel cool for an hour every I believe the show aired on Wednesdays on, uh, during its first season. And for that one hour, I just felt super cool and lived through them. And then, like I said, my personality shown very much in high school through these characters. So that's season one. And let's come back. Let's take a break and we'll talk about season two, which is probably my favorite season of any show. So stick around. This is Palace off the top rope. We'll be right back. Last season was just the beginning. Sometimes the best thing for a kid is to have some space. The Pacific Ocean, that's not enough space. If you force him to come home, he's going to want to run away again. I don't care what he wants. Bring him home, Sandy. Bring him home. This November, it's a season of change. The only reason you've stayed is because of this baby. A season of choice. This isn't about you. Yes, it is. Because you're killing your mother, and she is killing me. You can't spend my entire life telling me everything that's wrong with Newport, and then just expect I'm going to go back. A season of new beginnings on the OC. Gotta admit, Jules, you've done well for yourself. It's everything you always wanted. Be careful what you wish for. Damn, girl. Break me off a piece of that. She's totally checking you out. What are you doing here? I work here. I have to go. So go. Hello? Hello, who is this? Phone calls in the middle of the night. Plane tickets showing up. What's going on? You really want to know what's bothering me? Do you really want to know what's on my mind? Yes. This house just seems so empty. Welcome to Whatever happens in that courtroom, I did what I did for this family. If Caleb's going down, you better believe Kirsten's going with him. The show that made Orange County the place to be is about to make Thursday the night to watch. You and me, unbeatable combination. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude, I just need to talk about me for like several more hours at least. I thought she was new that anymore. No, that was the new Seth Cohen. I'm back, Ryan. Cohen Classic, Red, White, and Me. Come on. Who 
to do, wait for you? I have an affair. We're in much deeper water than that, believe me. Now, I know I'm not your favorite person right now, but I have a way to make it up to you. This can't be good. Let's have a party. The new season of The O.C. on its new night, premiering Thursday, November 4th. What do you want from me, Colin? I just want you. All right, welcome back to the show. So, 2004, The End of Friends, which was my absolute favorite show at the time, but that had run its course, and I was like, okay, what's going to be like my new favorite show? I knew I liked The O.C., but season two is where like I really dived in and was like all in on this show being like my absolute favorite, everything in the world, like everything. I was about this show for everything. Um, we have to wait a bit on this one because this didn't premiere until November in 2004. Most shows like pick up uh, like right at the tail end of August, early September around there. Uh, but it aired on Fox and we know Fox even till today still airs the, the major league baseball world series. So that takes up a chunk of like late September, October. So they held off on the season two premiere for the OC until November and it was highly anticipated because of the way season one ended, you know, Ryan coming into the world of Newport and getting involved with all, all the kids and, and, you know, the, the adults in the, in Orange County. And then he leaves back home and just sets everything into disarray. So yeah, season two was very highly anticipated. Um, during this time though, <laughs> I remember what was I, I think it was a popular like California like clothing store it was Hollister right and it had made its way to Laredo which I mean Laredo was very late to get stuff so you know whatever um and it was a store like that all the popular kids worked at and it always pissed me the fuck off because the soul of that store was the music that was playing in it and it was all stuff that it was either you would hear on the OC or from the bands that you know, we're playing on that show. And I was like, man, the popular kids, they just, they don't know shit about the music that's going on in this show. So I, I apologize to any of my former high school friends that worked at that store. But yeah, y'all didn't know shit about that music in that store. The fashion, I could give a rip about the clothes that was being sold in there. It was about the music. I would just walk in there to listen to the music. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so it premieres in November of 2004. Um, Again, this season really slows down. It's the bar I set for any show now. Like, if your show's second season can really hone in the way this did, I think I think you have something special. So, obviously, I told you season one is like wham, bam, 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 episode after episode, and there's just so many things going on, and it was very episodic and you know, kind of like villain of the week type of thing. Like, there was just something going on. Everything, every episode was different. Season two kind of super slows everything down, and some people may not have liked that they kind of liked the chaotic style of the first season and they wanted that to keep going and that's fine you can but you're going to run out of steam real quickly so what i liked was that the show slowed down and you got to really invest more into the core four characters as they called them you know ryan marissa seth and summer and we get them introduced to all new characters that get into their lives and how they they change and develop as people as the show goes on. And then they eventually they all come back, back around together and, you know, the story moves on. But a, a whole majority of that season is them scattered and them just, you know, developing their personalities more and their relationships more and stuff like that. Same thing with the parents. Uh, and now the one thing about the OC season two that probably a lot of people didn't like is that it does go a little bit darker into like the themes like, um, 
like the adult characters, the Kirsten character, the one who's married to Sandy, like she deals with alcoholism and there's stuff about infidelity and stuff like that. You know, stuff that we've seen in, in shows and movies all over time, but in a more family dynamic style, it kind of like makes it a little bit more real. Not that the OC was super realistic, but you know, I personally love season two and it's my favorite of the entire series, even though season one is a more fun rewatch. I always find myself, like, if I go back and watch The O.C., and even before I started this podcast here recording today, I was watching a couple episodes from season two because, that, to me, that season resonates with me more uh, out of all the rest of the seasons in the entire series. But for a fun rewatch, chaotic and all that, watch season one, which I, I still freaking adore. But to me, season two is what makes this. And when I look at shows as I'm watching or anything that I get invested into, I don't really pay attention to the first season. It's more about the second season. And the show that really did that this year was The Bear. The Bear was very chaotic in its first uh, season. Just, you know, crazy after crazy after crazy after crazy. And then the second season kind of slows it down. And it's chaotic, but in a different way. Because you get to dive into more of the characters and, and be more specific. So, again, it follows that same path. And I'm not saying the OC invented that. But I'm just talking through my lens and how I judge shows. And how I can see whether or not a show's going in a certain path. So, season two, again, the storylines get darker. The, the music is more haunting and more ominous. You know, I get introduced to bands like phoenix and the perishers and the album leaf where the music is just so deep and haunting like if i'm ever going through a tough time or you know if i'm thinking about a girl or whatever i'll play a couple of these songs and i'll just lay in my bed and i can just you know just drift away in and whatever into deep thought just because that's the type of music that was playing on this show um but the best thing about the oc season two was that they introduced uh, a live music venue where they, the kids would go hang out and all that stuff. And you would have like real independent bands going to play and they would come out in the episode and you just discover more music. And the most popular band that came out of that was, this was our introduction to the killers. And now most, probably most of mainstream America knows who the killers are, but they were first seen on the OC. And I remember the, the music was just so different but also very popish, and I was like, this could be like in radio. And that's the one thing about the OC, and again, that's the one thing on its legacy that I'm going to give it full props to, is that they brought this kind of music into the mainstream world. You think about shows that followed after that, and I'm sorry, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw shade. Grey's Anatomy, like they took a lot from what the OC did and used a lot of that music. You know, they also took from One Tree Hill too, which was another teen drama show that was running parallel with this show although i even though once your heel ran longer um i think the oc had a bigger cultural impact so again you started to see more songs like this on shows like like a gray's anatomy you know you would start to see a little bit more an independent film in 2004 garden uh, garden state was released directed by zach braff and the entire movie is just so like engulfed in a soundtrack that was featured bands that were on the OC or similar or even, you know, Zach Braff even put his own spin and, and, and bands that you wouldn't necessarily put in a movie like that and, and brought it into like a more mainstream capacity. So that, that's the ultimate legacy there of the OC is the, the music that it brought on. Um, so again, so if you're, if you're listening, even, I even, it's crazy because I'll listen to commercials on TV 
And if I'm not sure, I'll just Shazam and I'm like, and you see who the band is and you're like, man, this is like totally a band that would have played on the OC. But now you just see it in pop culture everywhere. And I think I'm going to get, I don't give a damn if I get pushback on this. The OC is responsible for music like this getting put out into the mainstream world. And you see it now, even look at the most recent Barbie movie, like uh, an uh, an artist like Billie Eilish would have been perfect for the OC, like her style of music. But now it's like on such a mainstream level that, you know, I mean, it's it's just the norm now. But back then, like it, like Adele was first featured on a show like One Tree Hill before she got like big. Same thing for like Katy Perry, you know, like just they they started off on the smaller scale, but then they ended up more mainstream because of the stuff they were exposed to. So I think the OC put a platform for artists like this to just be catapulted into stardom that they would never have seen. Um, so yeah, like there the bands that featured on season two, the Killers, Modest Mouse, the Thrills, Death Cab for Cutie, um, yeah, just all and the OC season two soundtrack is just so. I have an entire Spotify playlist dedicated to all the music that was featured on the OC. So if you follow me on Spotify, Robert Palacios, you'll see there, and it's called the OC Complete Series soundtrack. I'm telling you, hit shuffle on it, dive in for a couple of hours, and you'll just be mesmerized by the different kind of music you'll hear um or maybe not right because everything's so like normalized now but back then man like uh just music was just uh it was heaven to me and i remember graduating from high school i was a senior when season two came out so that was a an even more bigger deal of how the show correlated with my life uh i graduated in may 2005 and uh, a graduation gift was given to me uh, and a couple of friends and we, we got to go stay with my aunt over there in New Jersey and she took us to New York and all that stuff. So we were able to go into those record stores and, you know, the stuff that we didn't have in Laredo where I could go buy the albums of these, you know, artists that just were featured on the show and just continue to explore more and learn newer songs or, you know, grab a random c- a CD of someone who you may have not expected, but is in the same genre and you could you know, just learn new things. So, um, yeah, that was a very important year for me along with the relaunch of Batman, but that's another thing (laughs) I digress. Uh, so the OC season two sticks out in so many ways, you know, it was, um, going parallel with my senior year of high school. Um, you know, it was my coming of age, like where I'm going as a person and I'm starting to identify with a lot of the songs that are played and the lyrics and all that stuff. I'm identifying a little bit with the characters, not so much like the, the drama aspect of it. Like I did have a girlfriend in high, during my senior year of high school, but there was never like drama or anything like that. Not until like the tail end of my senior year, but again, then we'll get into that here, but that was with a different person. You know, the, the main girlfriend that I had through my high school years, it was very just, it was a, just a fun relationship and I have nothing negative to say about it. It was, just, and she was also into like that kind of music as well. So we kind of bonded over that as well. I don't think she was into the show, but she was into like that kind of music. So it, it was just another thing. Again, all of these things were synergizing during like my peak years in high school. So I guess that's why the show still sticks with me after all these years is just because of all the great memories I have. And the OC season two is just again, to a lot of people it's not as good as season one but to me it's it's on a whole different level and how i judge shows um favorite episodes there's there's one where it's it's about ryan seth uh summer and marissa and they're trapped inside a mall overnight and they hang out and the whole episode is dedicated with uh 
music from the artist Beck. So all of the episode features music by him. So it was a cool thing they did. They would devote episodes with certain artists that would play uh, multiple times throughout the show. Um, just how big the OC was in the pop cultural, you know, landscape. Um, the trailer trailers are now like all over the internet, right? And you can see them before you even see them on the big screen. Um, but I remember they debuted on Fox during May. Um, the trailer for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith that played in front of the OC. Like they're like, you have to watch the OC, and during the commercial break, you're going to get your first uh, exclusive look at Episode Three. So I remember that episode. I forgot what it was called. It, it got like so much ratings because people tuned in to to. That was the only way you could see the trailer, and they still do that now, like with certain Marvel projects. Be like, tune in to Monday Night Football halftime, but. You know, look back, like, I always look like, who did it first? And I don't know if they were first, but that's the first time I remember a big Hollywood blockbuster movie debut in its trailer in a, in a television show. And even George Lucas made an appearance on season two very randomly. Um, just so out of left field, but that's how popular the OC had gotten. Um, yeah, season two is just tremendous. Favorite songs from that season. I always listen to Trouble Sleeping by The Perishers, Eastern Glow by The Album Leaf, also um, On Your Way by The Album Leaf. Um, Phoenix, I was introduced to another band that I still love today, and they're also on another level as well because of this show. Uh, there's so many different artists. Death Cab, obviously, continues. Sufjan Stevens, uh, just so many different artists, so many good songs. Like If I had to pick a favorite season of music, it was definitely this one. The music is darker and deeper. Um, but those are the songs that resonate. They're the ones that have more meaning on it. And, uh, season one is more popish and a lot of like very, you could tell it's a lot of indie, indie pop rock bands like Rooney and stuff like that. Like listen to Rooney and that's the vibe for the OC. If you just want to get a feel before you watch the show, listen to the, the first album by Rooney. That's the entire flow of the OC. Like you can get a, just a taste of what it's like. And season two, listen to the, the, let there be morning by the perishers uh listen to the the album leaf um they would even play like the big needle drops on big bands like you two uh sometimes you can't make it on your own is played on the that show uh fix you by coldplay is, is played on there so i mean there were moments in this show where they would put the big artists and they would drop like awesome songs into their montages and again these teen dramas this one and one tree hill were very famous for making their montages special and putting like great songs at the end especially like in their cliffhangers and stuff like that to end the season so the oc season two is incredible um the introduction of all these different characters the the spreading out and everyone going their own way but then coming back together towards the end it's just to me it's a perfect season a lot of people didn't like it and they saw it as kind of like slowed and you know not perfectly paced but to me it stands out as one of the greatest seasons of television in, in my history of watching. This is just my personal opinion. So um, if you make it past part one of the OC, definitely stick around for season two because it, it definitely gets more interesting, more a little bit more depressing because of the stuff that the, the subject matter that they cover. But it is one of the best seasons ever. And that's season two of the OC. When we come back, I'll talk about the final two seasons, which it really does spiral out of control. And I can see that in hindsight now. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Who knows what's to come? This could be our last chance to have fun. I shot someone. 
I'm gonna have to live with that for the rest of my life. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm not going back to my husband and my boys until I know that I'll never let them down again. California, California, season of the OC coming this September on Fox. Welcome back to the show. So <laughs> the OC season three and four, this is where things spiral out of control quickly. Um, so season two ends on the most dramatic note that you can imagine for a show like this, right? And we've seen it spoofed on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I'm sure it's been on TikTok and the IG reels and out the internet's big and everything like that. Everything's the internet now. Um, there's a song that plays in the final moments of that season. Uh, it's called Hide and Seek by Emojin Heap. And it's been made fun of and impersonated to death. But I remember when I saw this when it first aired before there was any internet or anything like that. I was just like, <gasps> how could it end like this? Like, what? No way. I remember rewatching all of that all summer. Those he season two was the only thing good for me going at that time. There was a lot of personal stuff going on in my life, you know, relationships ending and other family dynamics that I won't get into. Just very bad time for me. And then, of course, I was going to move out of my hometown uh, up here to where I live now in San Antonio for college. And I remember moving up here on my own and, you know, beginning a whole new world on my own. Uh, you know, I'd never been away from my family, never been on my own before. And I was going to have some friends up here that I had made or that I had down there in Laredo. And so there was going to be that a little bit of that familiarity. But for the most part, it was just going to be a completely brand new world for me. And the only thing I had really like to go with along with me for the ride was the OC. And my aunt had gotten me this graduation gift of, uh, you know, before there was Sirius XM, there was just XM radio and iPods were a thing at the time, but I, I don't, you know, I don't remember saving a lot of my money from a couple of my first jobs there back home. So I, you know, I never saved up for an iPod, even though the OC made you want to get an iPod because of Seth Cohen and, you know, all, all the, these other things with all the music he was listening to. Um, so I had this little player from XM satellite radio, which you could have as kind of like your personal little iPod. You could use it as a recorder to record songs off the stations that they had. And of course, my first thing was to go find the station that had the indie rock and alternative music. And I made like a giant list of songs that I was able to record off of that player. And I would use that during my first, uh, couple of months there in college. And spoiler alert, I didn't last in college long, but you know, I remember getting through those classes and stuff. And in the long gaps I would have in between classes, I would go, you know, lay on a bench and just listen to this music just to to get me through most days but as far as like the show itself um you know i was still very into the show of course uh not as obsessed as i was with season one and season two and, and of course i would watch weekly on television and stuff like that but the quality of the show really started to dip uh i was more more really just tuning in every week to see what music they were playing which as i mentioned that still stayed top notch uh until the series finale but narrative, narratively, like it just really took a downward spiral and the stories just were very repetitive and not as interesting. I love the characters, right? Ryan and Seth and Marissa and Summer. And, but story wise, I couldn't recommend this on a rewatch. Um, it's just, it's very tough to get through. Uh, I mean, unless you're just gonna, you want to finish the series. Um, but 
you know, and I, again, I was very unapologetic for this show. So I was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is going to keep going. But, you know, in the back of my mind, very back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this is probably going to end soon. And there was other shows up and coming that were doing like way better versions of this already. And, you know, the soundtracks were, were already being stolen and stuff like that and used on other shows. And just the whole, the whole meta-ness and stuff had really kind of this really take form and started to go on to other parts of pop culture. So the OC was kind of like dating itself very fast. Um, outdated, I should say. Um, but I, I still watched and it was still like, there's a couple episodes in season three where mostly like the tail end of season three, I enjoy more, but that first half of it is a real slog. But again, the music is great. They feature more bands and stuff like that, but wow, it just really takes a nosedive, uh, from where it was creatively on the first and second season, you know, uh, and I know the showrunner kind of stepped away a little bit for a while to focus on other things. So that probably had something to do with it uh, as far as like the quality goes. And then by the end of season three, like one of the main characters, uh, Marissa played by Misha Barr and she gets killed off. And, you know, that's one of the things that throws me off on like a series or like even in movies also where like, I kind of hate when they kill off core members and this, the show keeps going without them. And not that she was like the absolute main character, but she was part of like the staple characters that was connected to the main character, that being Ryan Atwood played by Ben McKenzie. And you kind of, you take that element away and it's like kind of like not the same show anymore, even though narratively, like they kind of ran that relationship to the ground to the point where it's like, oh, like just get them away from each other. But still, in the end, you, you kind of want those characters to all kind of still be around so that way you could at least finish the entire series. So she exits the season towards the end and they kill her off and it was done very well, like dramatically, but you know, just like from the outside looking in, I was like, yeah, this kind of spells the end. And then when I heard it was going to come back season four and it was going to be the final season and it wasn't even going to be a full season. I think it was like 12, 14 episodes, something like that, which in today's world, that's like a regular season. But (laughs) when you look at it back in 2007, when it ended, like that was just weird weird number of episodes and that season also like it kind of it's i want to say it's a little better than season three but not by much even though everyone was like yeah the oc's back baby it's back like to the way it was in season one and i was like no it's not like did you watch season one like, this is a totally complete different show and they also didn't know what to do with these characters once they left high school and that was kind of obviously the appeal of a teen show is you want to see these characters going through high school and the first two seasons cover their i want to say junior year of high school and then season three goes through their senior year really quickly but none of it is interesting because the stories they were telling in that season were just bleh and then season four is them past um high school and you know some went to college and some didn't um and this is where one tree hill kind of did the smart thing which i in hindsight you wish the oc probably could have done this and see where it went was the one tree hill once the characters graduate from high school uh, and I believe that's like in season four or something like that. In season five, when they come back, like they fast forward four years into the future and you can kind of like redo the show and take it in a whole different direction. That's where One Tree Hill took the, you know, creatively went above notch above the OC. So that's where they started to take over and they went on their run and then they fizzled out as well. But the OC like fizzled out quickly and that's why it only has four seasons. But again, I think the impact from that show 
has lasted way more than One Tree Hill. But I'm not trying to pit one show against the other. I love both of them. But the OC, um, for the most part, I think had a bigger pop cultural impact. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the series ends and it ends on a happy note. And, you know, there season four is like it's fun to watch. But it's also like, man, they really they ran out of the well really quickly and you could tell like some of the characters that are introduced like this is this is who we're bringing in to be like uh as a support to these main characters and then of course you don't have misha barton the show is very different and they try to get ryan into this relationship with another girl who she works she's different and she was good in the show but as the overall arc that you were trying to tell with these characters it just kind of felt out of place even though the Ryan and the Marissa characters were kind of have like that Romeo and Juliet, like this is not going to end well type of thing. So on that part, they succeeded. But if they were going to do that, at least take it all the way to the final end of the series. So it kind of felt, you know, like they stopped it, like they could have done more. But either way, I still enjoyed the OC during its entire run. But man, if you knew me during that time when season one and two were on, like I was just on a whole different level as far as like, of obsessiveness with the show. And I've been obsessed with different shows over time, but I think the OC was the most obsessed I'd ever been over anything in pop culture, whether it be movies. Well, I can't say movies, movies. That's a whole different thing. But for TV shows, the OC, man, that was me. They, we, we ran together as one. So, um, and now let's talk about the, the lasting impact of the OC. Uh, again, I mentioned the music, right? So that's the great part of its legacy. Um, and you, you'll see it everywhere. You see it in movies and TV now, commercials, uh, everywhere. That's like the main thing. Like you, you would, would never have heard that kind of music had it not been for the OC. So it really brought in the spectrum as far as like, wow, there's different kinds of songs we can play into like our pop culture things. Um, so on that part, two very big thumbs up, A plus, awesome. Here's the negative of the OC. So remember when I mentioned Hollister, right? That made its way to like my hometown and you know, the popular kids were all about that store and again, I stood like Ryan Atwood in front of that store just brooding and staring like you guys don't fucking know shit about this music. But whatever, I digress on that. So it introduced that, right? The, the fashion of that. And then a couple of months, I think I want to say it was like in between season four or season two and season three. Um, the show Laguna Beach is introduced on MTV. And again, MTV was still like kind of like a staple of like young and hip. So it's called Laguna Beach, like the real OC Orange County or something like that. So it was kind of like a, an alternative to a scripted show. It was more like reality based, right? And reality shows had been a thing on MTV, you know, real world, road rules, stuff like that. But it wasn't until we got like Laguna Beach and the hills where we really started to get more of a theatricality and more kind of like the OC, but in real life. So you were getting like behind the scenes of these people that lived in, in that, in that real world, right? The people, the real people that lived in Newport and in Orange County, all that stuff. And then that also spawned the first real housewife show. And that was the first one that ever debuted. It was the real housewives of Orange County because they had seen the way these women had been portrayed on the television show of the OC. And they're like, Oh, well, let's take that. Let's get the actual real people. And I say that in quotations because who knows how real it is. But anyways, all of that spawned that Bravo and all those reality shows that we have now today. And I think that's where the negative impact of the OC has impacted pop culture because there's all these shows. And I mean, if you're women that love those shows, great for you and all that. But I think it also just, it put a negative spin onto how people think the world actually is. And 
it's not, and I've seen a couple of these like, you know, housewife shows and all these different kinds of things like Temptation Island, all these like little silly reality shows. And they're just like not good as far as like in terms of society and like what you want to mold yourself or look after or be interested in. I mean, that's just me personally. And I, and I think like had it not been for the OC, I think we would have, we would have never gotten to Laguna beaches and the real housewives and stuff like that. Just really the, the dramatic aspects of rich people, like the Kardashians, all that stuff. I think all that stuff is just negative for pop culture. Um, so there's, there's two sides of the coin, right? For the OC. So the music I think did wonders and, it's a great thing in our world where we have all these different types of genre music in our movies and our TV shows and our commercials. But then when you look at TV and the reality shows and all that stuff, it's just, oh man, it's just such a turnoff. And, and then you look in hindsight and you're like, man, if the OC had never existed, would we have even had any of this stuff? Any of this behind the scenes of the rich world and, and their lives are just like us in drama filled. Like, fuck out of here with that like it's it's silly and it's not realistic and you know every in every reality show there is that i was watching the one on the stallone family and you know and they and they want to make it seem like they have like these you know real problems like the us like simpletons have like you know the non-elite the non-rich but it's like you don't live in the real world. You have private jets and all. You can get from place to place and, oh, I miss my sister. I haven't seen her in months. You're a private jet away from seeing her in a, in a few minutes. So, you know, it's not the same thing. So, again, that whole reality show lifestyle. And I know, again, if you're a fan of this stuff and you love to watch that drama and all this stuff, cool. But it's also not, I don't think it's reflective of what the real world actually is. And those people are like, oh, my God, did you see on uh the real housewives of this, that this happened and this person, it's like, that's, it's fucking gossip. It's just like, it, it feels scripted to me. It's, it's like, just might as well just watch the OC because you're at least getting a fictionalized version of that. And you can mock those people because they're not real, but they're just portraying a world that maybe is real. Maybe it's not, but the way these real housewife shows act like, as if like, that's the real world and the problems like, nah, it's not, it's, you know, and even my favorite wrestling has done this as well with the total divas, like this, this behind the scenes and maybe theirs is more realistic because they do athletic stuff in the ring and stuff like that. But the whole drama and, uh, like just, and making it seem like it's so real and it, it, it just feels so scripted. Like just watch a scripted show. Don't call it real because I don't think it is, but that's just my take on it and my perspective and opinion. If you feel differently, that's fine, but I'm just giving you my takes and my, what I feel is negatively impacted from that show existing. And again, that's just a theory I've been developing over the years. I'm like, huh, it's real funny how that show came out. And then like a year later we had that Laguna beach and then not that long after the real housewives, the first one that ever spawned, there's so many different versions of that show. Right. But the first one that ever came out was the real housewives of orange County. That was orange County became like an obsession for reality shows. And then they, they all wanted to be the OC. And they couldn't, like, they, they just couldn't. Um, but that's that. But I love the OC as a whole. Um, I'm really glad this show exists. And again, I, it always comes at a point in my life where I'm very doubtful of myself and feeling a little bit unmotivated and it just pops up. It always does at the right time. So, uh, we're just meant to be linked forever. And that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I think I've talked pretty much at like not i don't i don't think i tried to spoil it too much because i do like for people to discover stuff and um i I really don't recommend stuff to people a lot like you know unless like i'm really invested and i know like i know you'll like this um 
or at least give it a shot, right? And the OC is one, like, watch season one, and if you, you don't get hooked by that, you know, so be it, but that's like as good of a first season run you're going to get, and then if you really get into it, maybe you'll see it from my view where I think season two is just brilliant on so many levels. Um, so thank you to the OC for the music, the self-awareness, the impact you had for my fashion in high school and my personality uh but more more for the music i'm glad that i'm still discovering new artists today and i'm not just stuck on the same old same old. i'm always like give me give me a new band let's see let's see what do we got this week you know but then i can also spend hours laying in bed listening to the soundtrack and i'll i'll just reflect on good times but also just just get engulfed in the world of great lyrical music that's just more than you know your normal pop stuff that you get on the radio where there's just no substance to it there's a lot of substance in the music that played on the oc and i I am forever forever grateful for that um but yeah i'm glad that this show is it has came and gone and the legacy that it's left for me uh 20 years later and i'm still talking about it that's awesome let's see if i'm still talking about it 20 years later um and so much great stuff has come since but i still always go back to this one always so it's a classic and maybe one day you'll you'll sit down and just watch a couple episodes see if you like it let me know what you think uh you can listen to this podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, i heard radio it's on basically all the podcast platforms that you could think of i do share this link through my social media pages on facebook instagram and twitter through podbean.com you can also download the podbean app and listen to the past episodes of my show there um thank you guys so much i appreciate it even if just five people listen to this i'm forever grateful and uh, thank you for listening to me babble on about the oc a teen drama show back from 2003 that i'm still talking about 20 years later grow up palace nah not not with that music that music's going to stick with me forever and what that show taught me and what what it meant to me as I was in the coming age of, of my youth, uh, heading into adulthood. So very, very important staple show of my life. But thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode, guys. You're never going to get over it. But you'll get used to it. Every ending. I really like what you've done with your face. Comes a new beginning. Who are you? I love you, man. Are you ready? The OC is back with a vengeance. I have a tattoo. The OC. Season premiere, November 2nd.